Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Hello, and welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, Episode 20. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And today we're going to be doing another section of Frequently Asked Questions. But first, I wanted to remind you or let you know, if you haven't heard, that uh, we are going to be training for e 2021, all the new changes that are coming up. Uh, we have four different dates that you can choose. Uh, choose. Uh, we have an interactive online workshop that we're going to be holding. It's going to be a three-hour workshop, and we're going to really dive deep into the new rules and what you need to do in order and, and really the training. We're going to have some breakout sessions, so it's going to be a really great workshop. So we hope you join us for that. The information is on the podcast page. All right, let's get started. Here is the first question we have. It's uh, from Tracy, and uh, Tracy says, new patient being seen via telemedicine for the first visit. Doctor has ER reports and a CT with findings of a nodular mass-like extension from the left posterior aspect of the prostate into the seminal vesicle and an impression of probable prostate cancer extending into the left seminal vesicle. A PSA was done, came back at 950.0. At the time of the biopsy, the doctor coded D40.0 neoplasm uncertain behavior of the prostate. The physician findings at the biopsy were large nodular hypochoic mass left base and mid gland of the prostate. I think doctor was trying to show that he didn't have pathology to prove malignant neoplasm. And since there isn't an unspecified neoplasm for the prostate, I think he should just code what he knows for, uh, knows for sure. Nodular prostate and elevated PSA possibly also use N42.9 disorder of the prostate unspecified, which means anything from an abnormal prostate on exam to cancer. Could N42.9 be used as the, the neoplasm of the prostate unspecified behavior? So that's the question. And uh, we'll put this on the podcast page so you can read it through if you, if you want to follow along. Mark Ray, you want to tackle this? Thanks, Scott. Um, so first off, I would say, Tracy, your instincts are good as a coder. Uh, you do need to code for what you know. And I agree, nodular prostate and elevated PSA are two things that you do know. Uh, the other things that you do know uh, on this is that there is an abnormal finding on a, a digital um, image or an image. Uh, for this particular case. So one of the things that um, I always encourage people to do is is do take a look through some of your options available to you uh, by using the index of ICD-10. And if you go to the index and look up abnormal and then look further down into imaging, uh, diagnostic imaging under abnormal, and then beneath that you will find uh, 
genital urinary uh, as R93.89. Uh, so uh, instead of jumping into abnormal, uh, an unlisted finding of the prostate, I would actually recommend that you go to abnormal findings on diagnostic imaging uh, and use the index to kind of guide you to the right place. So uh, I think that the best coding here um, would be elevated PSA, nodular prostate, and then the R93.89 uh, for the abnormal finding on the uh, CT scan. Uh, you are also correct that uncertain behavior, uh, as you know we've said many times, is actually not uh, of the same as unspecified. Uncertain behavior is a specific diagnosis that does require pathology back from the pathologist that would say that it was not malignant, nor was it benign. They actually tag it as uncertain behavior. So you're right to, to avoid the N40.0. So hopefully that helps with that one. Anything bad, Ray? No, I think that's good. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next question uh, from Rebecca. And Rebecca says, hi, the doctor did a laparoscopic radical nephroureterectomy for ureteral carcinoma and also repair of a lumbar hernia. I came up with uh, 50548 for the nephroureterectomy, but I'm unsure of the hernia. Thanks. Okay. So there is a code for a repair of a, of a, of a lumbar hernia, um, which is the 49540. Um, but as you know, uh, we've had some issues relative to approach recently. And that particular code, the 49540, is for the open repair of a lumbar hernia. Uh, so um, we can't use that. Now, you are correct in the 50548, um, and I would venture to say that it is um, not considered a bundled procedure to repair a lumbar hernia in this case. That was probably extra effort across the board. So um, what we would recommend that you do is unfortunately move towards the unlisted laparoscopic procedure code, uh, which is the 49329, um, and compare it to the 49540 for your value uh, and your charge. So, uh, for, uh, so for, the, for the service, the 50548 is correct. Um, but use the 49329 in addition to it for the repair of the lumbar hernia. All right. Very good. And, Scott, while you're looking around, one thing that I'll throw in there um, is, you know, we, we, we are going to have an uh, interview in the near future, um, Bob Dowling, to talk about some of the proposed rule changes for uh, the uh, MIPS macro program. As you know, Bob... Uh, presents with us uh, annually at our Urology uh, Advanced Coding and Reimbursement Seminar. Um, and he'll probably cover this as well, 
Um, but I did want to pass on that the advanced or the appropriate use criteria rule that we've been telling you about, uh, which uh, requires you to look at the CDSN or the clinical decision-making tool as you order advanced imaging, um, that testing period has been extended for one additional year. So a little bit off topic there, but um, for those of you who were scrambling uh, to try and get all that um, set up and ready to go, you've got a little bit more time. You still need to start looking at all of that stuff, but there's not going to be any reimbursement penalties uh, until the end of 2021. So you got a little bit of time to work through that uh, as you're going, as you're looking at all these options. All right. So, Scott, next question. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, final question of the podcast for today. We have uh, from Kristen. Can you clear up when to use modifier 57 and modifier 25? Is 57 for clinical and hospital consults? Does the surgery you are planning for the same day have to be a surgery with 90-day global? What if it's just a ureteroscopy? Does putting in a catheter after an ER consult need a 57 modifier? So there's a bunch of questions along with the 57, and then the, the modifier 25 questions are, um, is 25 used for separate ENM only if they have a separate procedure? For instance, they come in for a cysto, but then mention a general wart that is removed. Or can you add 25 for a totally unrelated problem that requires medicine or counseling but no procedure? For instance, they come in for a cysto, then mention ED and discuss options uh, and prescribe Viagra. So there we have it, uh, modifier 57 and 25 questions. Thanks for reading those questions, Scott. Okay, so as far as the first question, can you clear up when to use a modifier 57 and modifier 25? First of all, let me say there are definitely a, a number of nuances in those two different modifiers. Um, and it's probably not the best forum here to actually go through all of the different op options and opportunities. So I'm going to go through today and answer some of the other specific questions and recommend um, that you uh, maybe take a look a little bit deeper or or come to our Urology Advanced Coding and Reimbursement Seminar, where we do a lot of discussions and examples relative to these three. But hopefully, in answering some of your questions, you'll at least get some clarity. Um, so first, let's give you the definitions. Modifier 57 is the decision for surgery. Modifier 25 is for a, uh, an evaluation and management service that is significant and separately identifiable uh, provided by the same physician on the same day as a procedure or service. Um, so keep those definitions in mind. So the first one you had is, is, is a 57 for clinic and hospital consults? So the answer to that question is yes. The modifier 57 is not site-specific. Um, it doesn't have to be a consult. It can be used on any E&M code. It can be used in a hospital inpatient, a hospital subsequent visit, a consult, an office visit. Um, it can be used in a new patient or established. It can actually even be used uh, for a significant, uh, excuse me, a, a, a skilled nursing facility visit. It can be used on any E&M code. 
Uh, so it is, and it is not site specific. Does the surgery you are planning for the same day have to be a surgery with a 90-day global? That the answer to that question is that yes, for the use of the modifier 57 from Medicare's rules, because the decision for surgery is included in minor procedures, uh, if you were to use a modifier 57, it could not be used for an E&M service on the same day as a zero or a 10-day global procedure. Many of your private sectors are now following that rule. So uh, the only time you would use the modifier 57 in Medicare is if the procedure that is being performed is a 90-day global. Now, the other thing you have to remember is that the 90-day global actually has one preoperative day also included in the package. So the 57 modifier can actually be used on the day before a 90-day global if that encounter, that E&M encounter, was the point in time you, you decided to, to do surgery. So the 57 from Medicare can only be used with a 90-day global, but can be used the day of or the day before. So either of those work. There are some payers that will recognize the modifier 57 on the same day as a 0 or 10-day global, but that number is shrinking. So um, we recommend you first try modifier 25. So what if it's just a ureteroscopy? Uh, that's a 0-day global. We can't use a 90 modifier or a 57 modifier because it's not a 90-day global. Does putting in a catheter after an ER consult need a 57 modifier? Again, zero-day global, no modifier 57. So a catheter in, and an E&M service either before or after the, the, the catheter insertion needs a modifier 25 a significant separately identifiable E&M service on the same day. So um, not the, that's really where that 25 comes into play. The 57 is day of or day before a 90-day global in Medicare, and it does require that it was the visit in which you decided for surgery. Now, the modifier 25 is used for a separate and significant E&M service on the day that they have a, a procedure or other service. Now, this can be used with 90-day global procedures, zero-day globals, or 10-day globals. So the modifier 25 is a little uh, bit more flexible in that way, but it does, by definition, have to be used on the same date as the procedure or service that's being done. And for accuracy, this is used when it's significant and separate not for the decision for surgery. Um, so you, you used an example. For instance, to come in for a cysto, but then mention a genital wart that is removed. Yes, if the patient came in for a cysto and you, the physician uh, provides um, advice or treatment relative to the genital wart, that is clearly not part of the CISTO. So an E&M service with a modifier 25 would be appropriate for that which is discussed around the genital wart as long as the documentation supports a significant visit. And, you know, certainly one of those things that was like, ah, just put some ointment on that. 
isn't necessarily significant. You do need to have that documentation to support it's significant and separately identifiable. So, or can you add 25 to a totally unrelated problem that requires medicine or counseling, but no procedure? For instance, patient comes in for a cysto and then has ED. It falls into that same bucket as the genital wart. So yes, separate diagnosis, separate problem, something that is clearly, and I'm going to expand a little bit here, significant and separate from the procedure itself. So clearly a separate problem is significant and separate. Um, but the uh, A, excuse me, the Medicare and the AMA definition state specifically that it can also be for the same diagnosis. But it has to be significant, separate, and really focused on um, those items that are not just related to telling the patient um, what was found, telling the patient how to care for themselves after the procedure is done, those things that would normally be part of the procedure. It has to be significant and separately identifiable. So if we look at a, a stone, uh, for example, if the patient has a stone removed and a stent inserted, um, and then um, after that, um, you, you talk to the patient about completely separate identifiable issues, um, that could be billed with that modifier 25. Um, but it does need to be something that is significant and separately identifiable. Now, something that may have the same diagnosis would be maybe an unspecified neoplasm of the bladder. So a patient comes in, um, they have a cystoscopy done because they had hematuria. The physician looks into the bladder, sees an unspecified neoplasm in the bladder, He's, of course, going to tell the patient, we looked in your bladder, we found a, a, a bladder neoplasm. That's all part of the cystoscopy. And, of course, for the next couple of days, you may have a little bit of blood and um, we gave you some antibiotics. Those types of things are all related to the procedure. But the discussion that follows that talks to the patient about the next step in your treatment, based on the fact that we found this, is going to be to schedule you for a resection of that bladder tumor, followed by BCG and surveillance cystoscopy. All of that is not part of the cysto. That is a significant, separately identifiable E&M service that can be reported with the 25 modifier. So hopefully that gives you a little clarity between the two. It doesn't answer every situation, I know, but hopefully it gives you a little bit to go on. What about, uh, I got another question, another scenario really quickly. Um, what if they come in as just for a regular, you know, they're in there for their annual visit, and then they mention they have general warts, and then they uh, remove general warts? Would that be a case for the 25 modifier? So are you talking about a preventive annual visit where the patient yes. has no problems? No whatsoever? problems. No, um, not that they've mentioned before, obviously, uh, in this, you know, it's new to them. Yes, new to the so that is, that is a situation where a modifier 25 would work. Um, and because it is not part of their annual and we'll say wellness or preventative visit, now they have a problem focused service. It, it is separately billable, um, but Medicare has rules that your overall charge for that day can't exceed the charge for the wellness visit. So it, it's a little bit of a, of a different conundrum in how you get paid, but the appropriate coding is 
the E&M code of the 25 in addition to the annual, the annual wellness visit? That, that is actually a good scenario because one of the problems people have is since Medicare doesn't pay for the decision, that visit, you made the decision to do that surgery. But you can still charge for it because you did you provided a significant and separately identifiable service at the same time. So the fact you made the decision to provide the surgery does not negate the ability to use the 25 modifier. Well, you're talking about doing a surgery for the wart. Right. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Anything else to add on this? Well, there's plenty more to discuss, on this, <laughs> but we'll leave it there for today. Yeah, I think it's a whole uh, separate uh, podcast, just really diving in deep for the 25 and the, the 57. Yeah, you know, I, I probably should add um, that there are some codes that have an XXX global, like injections for the Lupron um, shot. It doesn't have a zero or a 10 day global, but um, the, the NCCI or the bundling edits actually bundle the E&M visit in with the injection. So there are circumstances where the modifier 25 is used even if the global isn't there, even if it's not a zero or a 10 day global or a 90 day global. Instead, um, you've got an issue with bundling. So the modifier 25 has more uh, uses. So again, a discussion for another day, but I just wanted to make sure we understood that Modifier 25 isn't just for surgical globals. Um, it's for same-day procedures that are bundled as well. Last word on this, Ray? Or are you good with that? No. Uh, I think Mark uh, explained it pretty well, particularly the part about the discussion it has to go much deeper. But to kind of summarize what was said, to make it easy to start, is the 57 is used for Medicare only in conjunction with 90-day global procedures. If you make the decision to provide that surgery during the global, which is the day of or the day before, the 25 modifier can be used on any EM service in which you provide a significant and separately identifiable service. And that refers to separately identifiable is something other than related to the surgery. And that, and the significant means it's more than just a passing service. It was a significant time and effort. And again, that is for any E&M service, not just the zero and 10 day global. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Any, any E&M service provided on the same day as a procedure in which it's zero, 10 or 90, or there's a bundle, right? So as you can see, there is a lot to this. <laughs> so as we keep adding the last word, it, uh, you know, it expands. So, so we will cover this uh, in more detail on a future episode. 
that's it for today's question and answers. Um, remember, we have the ENM live workshops that are open for registration. You can go to prsnetwork.com forward slash zero two zero for episode 20 and there's links to it we'll put links on there so you can check it out we'd love to have you join us anything else to add before we sign off happy coding thank you for listening to the urology coding and reimbursement podcast where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there's time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music under his record label, The Juicery, with extra pulp and special guests.